Hello, and welcome to the Lisa Congdon Sessions, a podcast for creative folks about living and working with more intention, curiosity, and joy. I'm your host, Lisa Congdon. Friends, I'm so excited to introduce you to my latest sponsor, Storyblocks. Storyblocks is a stock footage company who exists to help you bring all your stories to life without sacrificing your vision due to time or budget or resources. Every creator who does any kind of video production should have a Storyblocks membership. And here's why. They are changing the face of stock footage with more diverse and inclusive content in their library to help creators continue to tell their unique and authentic stories. Their restock program is their commitment to increase representation in stock media by hiring creators from marginalized communities to create content that is more reflective of the diverse world we live in. They are also committed to access by making their footage affordable, offering unlimited downloads, a royalty-free demand-driven library, and enterprise licensing. Focused on speed, diversity, and accessibility, I highly recommend checking them out at storyblocks.com slash that's storyblocks.com slash Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 13. Today, we are going to talk about anxiety in the creative process. And just a note here, I'm going to use the words anxiety and fear interchangeably because essentially they are the same thing. So... One of the greatest gifts of my career was interviewing Elizabeth Gilbert on stage in 2018 in front of, I don't know, 1,800 people or something in a big auditorium. And the the audience was super energetic and amazing. It was an absolute delight. She wrote this amazing book, which I highly recommend, called Big Magic, Creative Living Beyond Fear. And in that book, she breaks down the relationship between fear and the creative process, both from her own experience and what she's learned along the way. And when we were on stage that night, I read out loud one of my favorite parts of that book, which is about fear. And then I asked her some questions about fear, of course. And I will link to that interview in my show notes so that you can listen to it too. Anyway, I'm going to read that section to you right now as well, because it's, it's pretty fabulous. And it's called Scary, Scary, Scary. Let's talk about courage now. If you already have the courage to bring forth the jewels that are hidden within you, terrific. You're probably already doing really interesting things with your life. And you don't need this book. Rock on. But if you don't have the courage, let's try to get you some. Because creative living is a path for the brave. We all know this. And we all know that when courage dies, creativity dies with it. We all know that fear is a desolate boneyard where our dreams go to desiccate in the hot sun. This is common knowledge. Sometimes we just don't know what to do with it. Let me list for you some of the many ways in which you might be afraid to live a more creative life. You're afraid you have no talent. You're afraid you'll be rejected or criticized or ridiculed or misunderstood or, worst of all, ignored. You're afraid there's no market for your creativity and therefore no point in pursuing it. You're afraid somebody else already did it better. 
You're afraid everybody else already did it better. You're afraid somebody will steal your ideas, so it's safer to keep them hidden forever in the dark. You're afraid you won't be taken seriously. You're afraid your work isn't politically, emotionally, or artistically important enough to change anyone's life. You're afraid your dreams are embarrassing. You're afraid that someday you'll look back on your creative endeavors as having been a giant waste of time, effort, and money. You're afraid you don't have the right kind of discipline. You're afraid you don't have the right kind of workspace or financial freedom or empty hours in which to focus on invention or exploration. You're afraid you don't have the right kind of training or degree. You're afraid you're too fat. I don't know what this has to do with creativity exactly, but experience has taught me that most of us are afraid we're too fat. So let's just put that on the anxiety list for good measure. You're afraid of being exposed as a hack or a fool or a dilettante or a narcissist. You're afraid of upsetting your family with what you may reveal. You're afraid of what your peers and coworkers will say if you express your personal truth aloud. You're afraid of unleashing your innermost demons, and you really don't want to encounter your innermost demons. You're afraid your best work is behind you. You're afraid you never had any best work to begin with. You're afraid you neglected your creativity for so long that now you can never get it back. You're afraid you're too old to start. You're afraid you're too young to start. You're afraid because something went well in your life once, so obviously nothing can ever go well again. You're afraid because nothing has ever gone well in your life, so why bother trying? You're afraid of being a one-hit wonder. You're afraid of being a no-hit wonder. Listen, I don't have all day here, so I'm not going to keep listing fears. It's a bottomless list anyhow, and a depressing one. So I'll just wrap up my summary this way. Scary, scary, scary. Everything is so goddamn scary. So um, if you can't relate to at least some of that, maybe this podcast episode isn't for you. So let's talk about the relationship of fear to the creative process. Making things and putting them into the world feels vulnerable especially when we're in the process of figuring out who our creative self is. So much of our anxiety around our creative practice is fear of failure or fear of disaster or fear of exposure, right? Some of the things that Liz listed in her book. And so much of that is generated by our innate habit of comparing ourselves to others or this false notion that other people have it all figured out. And that makes us feel incredibly alone And all of this sounds very dramatic, but this is what is happening inside of us. And recognizing that is really the first step. And sure, to steal a phrase, it gets better. There is much to be said for experience, in my opinion, for doing things over and over and over, for feeling fear and doing things anyway, and realizing and figuring out over time that the act of making, even if you make something horrible, or ugly, or that nobody is interested in, that that will not kill you, right? It's not something, you know, it's like the amount of fear we feel sometimes around those things is so strong that it almost feels like it will kill us. But even those of us who are more experienced, 
still feel fear and anxiety. And that's because as we advance through our creative paths, we also grow new hopes and new dreams and goals that create new standards for how we think our art should be received or the quality and volume of work we think we should be making. And those new goals and standards can lead us to new fears about what might happen if we don't meet them. So this is an ever-evolving struggle as a creative person. And on top of all of that, we never arrive at some place where we do not have anxiety about our work or our career. You might actually have less, you know, as you progress and get used to the fear so it has less power over you, but everyone feels fear. So to be fearless or to have no fear would make you an unfeeling person. Fear is what makes you human. It's what makes you sensitive. And so to deny your fear is to deny your humanity. And in a minute, I'm going to talk about why fear itself is not bad. It's just a feeling. It's just a sensation in your body. That's all. It only has the power that you give it. What is damaging is what fear causes us to do or not to do. As I see it, there are distinct outcomes of having fear or anxiety related to your creative process. One, you just don't make things. You procrastinate, you overanalyze, your ideas stay in your mind because you are terrified of what might happen if you put them out into the world. Number two, you make things, but you spend most of the time that you're making things either sabotaging the process or criticizing yourself because what you see isn't good enough or doesn't meet your standard for how something should look or sound or read if you're a writer. Or you feel good while you're making, but then you share it and you don't get the reaction you want, so you turn on yourself, right? I liked this thing, but now I no longer like it because it didn't get the reaction from other people that I wanted. These two outcomes are damaging. So that's why we need to learn to work with anxiety. As creative people, we have lots of ideas, right? Our minds are swimming with them. Inspiration itself can feel overwhelming. And that's because, you know, thoughts like, what if I can't execute this amazing idea I have pops into our head? Or I could never do that. That's a great idea that I have, but I don't have the skill, the money, you know, the right body, the right whatever. I will never have time. You know, I'm too busy. I could never do that. So often, even good feelings can cause anxiety. We know that getting from our ideas to execution to a finished thing is a messy process. And that knowledge makes us feel overwhelmed, right? And sometimes we feel downright frightened. And so one of the things we do is we fantasize about and wait for, or we think we're waiting for, and I, when I say wait, I put that in air quotes because that waiting is, is futile, right? We're waiting for the perfect moment to begin something. And we wait for just the right moment to take action on our ideas. We fear that if we start something before we're ready, we might look like an imposter or someone else will be doing that thing better than we can. And it'll be proven that we are actually the worst, right? We don't want to risk failing. We want to be comfortable. It's in our human nature to want to be comfortable. And 
we want exactly the right skills, the right materials and supplies, the right knowledge, the perfect space in our busy schedule before we even begin something to minimize the chances that anything crappy will happen. The problem is that there is no perfect moment to begin. That's also the beautiful thing. There is no perfect moment to begin. The creative process is messy, full stop. And sometimes it's actually not messy, and that's great when that happens, but mostly it's messy, right? And I'm not knocking being prepared. Having some good tools and some basic skills and a routine and a quiet space to work are awesome and super helpful, but they do not prevent failures and challenges. Let me repeat that. Having some basic skills, good tools, a routine, and a quiet space do not prevent failures and challenges in the creative process. So the first thing we need to do is to begin to expect and accept that things will be messy, especially when you are trying something new or you are a beginner. Stop trying to avoid the mess. And by mess, I do not mean only the literal mess of your studio or workspace, but also messy work or messy feelings or messy technique. And also remind yourself of this. That messiness, that being out of your comfort zone, that lack of skill, that new medium, that pushing yourself to a new place, they are all the way to learn and deepen your knowledge and skill and technique and strengthen your grit. There is no way around. There is only a way through. Risk and failure are essential components of meaningful creative achievement. Essential. You cannot avoid them. And you all know this. It's just that we all continue to be in denial about it. Years ago, when I lived in San Francisco and I was just beginning my creative journey, I used to walk around the city and take pictures with my camera. It was a, this was before digital DSLRs and I had this Nike film or Nike, Nikon film camera. And I filled it with this Fuji brand film. I can't even remember. Um, Oh, Fuji Ultra Color 100. That's what it was called. And it made these super saturated colors when the film was developed into prints. And I got really obsessed with it. Anyway, one day I was walking around the city and I spotted a sticker that was slapped on a telephone pole. And it said simply, embrace the suck. Apparently this term comes from like the military, like basically, I guess it's akin to man up. But um, I chose to think about it as like embracing the mess, basically. And I thought it was really brilliant. So I photographed it and instantly I knew this was exactly the message I needed to remember. And after I developed the role, I stuck my super saturated image of this red and white sticker on my inspiration board and has been emblazoned in my brain ever since. Moving through fear and anxiety and other uncomfortable feelings and experiences requires accepting that they are normal, natural, human part of the creative process. Embracing fear and anxiety and other uncomfortable feelings creates a feeling of agency. Let me say that again. When you embrace, instead of reject, fear and anxiety and other uncomfortable feelings, it creates a feeling of agency. When we embrace the suck, when we say, I feel scared right now, what can I learn from this? Or what am I thinking right now that is causing me to feel fear, which can lead to how can I change my thoughts to change how I'm feeling right now? This is empowering as opposed to making us feel like a victim of fear, right? 
Here's another bit of knowledge that helps me to detach from my fear. And that is reminding myself that fear has a job. It's trying to protect us from feeling bad. It's like, hey, maybe if you worry about this thing in advance, you'll feel less bad when it actually happens. Who can relate to that? It's kind of like Murphy's Law, right? If I if I worry enough about this thing happening, it won't happen. Or when it happens, I'll be prepared. So self-doubt and fear and anxiety are desperately trying to keep us small and out of harm's way. They're actually trying to protect us. Here's the thing, though. We don't need their protection, right? And if you are always succumbing to self-doubt and fear trying to protect you, you will not achieve your creative potential. So personally, you know, when I am experiencing fear or anxiety or self-doubt, I try to remember, oh, it's just trying to protect me right now. And I say, oh, thank you, fear. I appreciate you, but I got this, right? And in, in my book, Find Your Artistic Voice, I talk about like giving fear a bear hug, like befriending your fear. Thank you, fear. Fear and anxiety are basically future tripping. They are feelings that arise because you have a thought about what you think might happen in the future. And it's a normal part of human nature. You remember like in school, learning about fight or flight? That's what we're talking about here. And we could not survive without fear. It serves a very important purpose. I think it's also important to distinguish between the different types of fears. So one, there is the fear that you are in danger, legitimate danger, that gut feeling that something is wrong. For example, that project you've been offered isn't right for you because the art direction is too vague or you don't share the same values as the client. That is a fear you should listen to, right? I'm not saying say yes to a situation or a creative situation or opportunity that you're scared of always, because sometimes you're scared for the right reasons and you should always listen to that kind of fear. Two, there's also a fear that you are inadequate, a bad artist, that you have no good ideas, that you won't do a good job or that you suck or you will never improve. That is fear. That is a story you are telling yourself that is not based on real danger. And being able to distinguish when you're feeling anxiety and you can identify what you're feeling anxiety about, is this a legitimate gut reaction to legitimate fear or is this me feeling inadequate and telling myself a story that isn't true? So I stop and ask myself, is this a rational fear based on something my gut is telling me or is this me beating myself up? And that distinction is really important. There is a third category and that is kind of exciting fear, right? The fear that might even feel good and give us butterflies. And I talked about this a little bit earlier in this episode when I talked about, you know, that feeling of inspiration or excitement about making something giving us anxiety. This is related to that. The fear that might even feel good and give us butterflies. That kind of fear is often an indicator that we are onto something brilliant or new some unexplored territory, something that will rock our world or the worlds of other people. So if we reframe that kind of fear as an indicator of risk, meaning an essential element in the creative process, it is possible we can begin to see it as a positive sign and get excited about it 
and stop pushing it away, right? If we reframe that kind of fear as an indicator of risk or that we're headed into new territory, which again is an essential element of the creative process, it is possible we can begin to see it as a positive sign. So just yesterday, here's an example of this. I was working on a big public art project for the Rockefeller Center, which is going to come out, uh, gosh, in a few weeks. And and this is a big deal. It's going to be in the middle of New York City. Things are My artwork's going to be all over the Rockefeller Center. And I have been avoiding one particular phase of the work because it's really out of my comfort zone. And I have very little... They're, they're really giving me a lot of creative bandwidth here. I have like very little art direction, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. That's not a criticism of the art direction. It's just they want me to do me. So yesterday I was sitting in my studio on the sofa where I often draw on my iPad and I was kind of freaking out, like having a literal anxiety attack um, because the stuff is due tomorrow. And I was literally, you know, talking myself down as my heart was racing. We all know how this feels. Like, how am I going to do this? I don't know what I'm doing. It's going to suck. I don't even know where to begin. I don't even know where to begin. And my inclination was to say, I'll do it later, because that's what we often do when we're scared. We procrastinate. But I told myself, just pick up that Apple Pencil and start. Sometimes that is, you know, how I get through fear is literally telling myself to start something. And within 10 minutes, I had calmed down and was actually enjoying myself. And I made something really cool in less than 30 minutes, something I'd been procrastinating on for over a week. How much energy had I wasted worrying about this part of the project, right? Now, I have to go back in today and continue. And I'm still nervous and I'm still having anxiety. But I took the first step of at least beginning. And that was really helpful. Once we're actually in the messy, hard, or dark place we're trying to avoid, we realize that the messy, dark, hard part also can be the most interesting. And if we sit for a prolonged period of time in the discomfort of it, it's often where our best work comes from, right? Because we're on the precipice of something new or different or hard, when we stay in that space, we can often surprise ourselves with something really amazing. It's always where the learning happens in that space slightly outside of our comfort zones. One thing I do want to address in this episode is this idea that sometimes our fears do come true, right? They do. What about when our fears come true? What about when we make something we hate or that doesn't meet our own expectations, right? What happens when we make something we like, but a client or some other person whose opinion we value tears it apart? Or to combine those two things, what if we make something we hate and then, you know, the person who commissioned it hates it too? This can happen. So what do we do with that? Feelings of shame are at best really uncomfortable and usually they are incredibly painful. And that's what's happening when our fears come true. We automatically go to a place of shame unless we're pretty evolved human beings. And some of, you know, there are people out there who who are like shame resistant or shame resilient, I guess, as Brene Brown would say. Feelings of shame are at best really uncomfortable and usually they're really incredibly painful. They give us anxiety, like, ugh, maybe I'm not meant to do this or be an artist, or they make us feel defeated. 
like I'll never get there. They cause us to compare our paths and our work with others. I'll never be as good as so-and-so. They make us feel embarrassed. I want to crawl in a hole and never come out, which is a big one for me. In addition to wanting to quit, we also want to escape our feelings by eating or drinking or shopping or scrolling through social media. So when these things happen, when our fears come true, remember, anxiety and uncomfortable feelings are just feelings, right? We want our art to stand out, but we're also terrified of that because we risk pushback or criticism, right? Most artists, and especially people who are career artists, out of necessity, become over time accomplished at feeling uncomfortable. That's the thing. The discomfort never goes away. The situations where somebody doesn't like your work never goes away. There is no such place as like a perfect artist world where everyone loves you and everyone loves what you do and that you don't make mistakes and that you, you know, or where you always get it right. So when you encounter a situation where your fear comes true, wear it as a badge of honor. You are in the discomfort of the creative process. You are in the muck. You are in the mess. And that means you're taking risks. And that means that you are learning. To make and share original ideas in a world that is distrustful of creativity requires bravado, right? You have bravado garnering the courage to continually push your work further and further into its own corner and out of the safe zone will only strengthen your artistic voice and your creative prowess over time. So when you experience fear or when your fears come true, remember you are doing the work and that's a good thing. Those uncomfortable feelings are not going to kill you. If you begin to expect them, and manage them as a necessary part of the creative process, feelings of anxiety and defeat can actually serve a purpose. This can be an indicator that you need to work on something to improve your skills, right? Like if you get feedback that some aspect of your work isn't sophisticated enough, then maybe that's an indication you need to work on some aspect of your work. That's a gift to know that, right? Try reminding yourself, this is uncomfortable because I suck at it right now. Not, this is uncomfortable because I suck. Do you see the difference? This is uncomfortable because I suck at this right now, which is normal because I just began this thing. I just started using this medium, whatever, which is very different from, this is uncomfortable because I suck. Every artist goes through a period of being a beginner. And if you are prolific, you go through it over and over and over and over but you do not suck. And do you know how you get to the place where you don't suck at something anymore? You practice. You get intimate with the mess. This managing anxiety in your creative practice is both an intellectual exercise, one where you understand intellectually that fear is a feeling and 99% of the time not representative of a truth. And it's also an emotional exercise which involves being with, sitting with, even embracing fear, talking to it, breathing into it, and letting it dissolve. I'm going to go back to something I said at the beginning of the episode. So much of our anxiety around our creative practice is fear of failure or fear of disaster or fear of exposure. And so much of that is generated by our innate habit of comparing ourselves to others 
or this false idea that other people have it all figured out. And that makes us feel incredibly lonely. And that is simply both a hard place to be and a place that's dangerous because if we feel lonely and we feel alone, like we're the only one who experiences this, we will walk away. We will not move forward. It paralyzes us, fear and loneliness, right? So this next bit is taken straight from my book, Find Your Artistic Voice, something I know to be true and that helps me to have perspective. There's this great quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson. Every artist was first an amateur. Every artist was first an amateur. I remember hearing this quote for the first time early on in my creative path and being filled with enormous relief. It was a reminder that even my greatest heroes, the ones whose work I idolized for years, were once novices too. Often, when we watch other artists from afar, we make the faulty assumption that they've been as skilled and as prolific and as talented since the day they began making art. In 99% of the cases, save for a few prodigies, that's almost never true. The vast majority of artists, even your heroes, were once total beginners, made bad artwork, struggled with technical skill, blundered, felt lost, and questioned their work. Even as experienced artists with fully formed voices, your heroes still struggle. They still face learning curves, make mistakes, feel fear, and sometimes don't know where they're headed next. This truth is one of the most important things to remember as you work to develop your own voice as an artist and as you begin to try to manage your fear and anxiety on your creative path. Developing your voice Developing an artistic voice is not a miraculous process reserved for only a few innately talented people. Every single person who chooses to embark on a creative path has to work on it. Every single person. Every person experiences fear, fear of failure, fear of embarrassment, fear of no one paying attention, fear of too many people paying attention. Your creative path depends on and requires showing up and practicing It requires being willing to create and fail, to ask for feedback, and to go back and try all over again. It requires staying open. It requires moving outside what's comfortable and being vulnerable. Your fear does not make you different or special. Everyone is scared. Fear is part of our humanity, not something to overcome. Understanding that is the first step. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Editing of this podcast by the amazing Gabe Garber. Thanks to Nick Lambert for the original music and to my amazing team at the CoLoop Podcast Network. Please subscribe to the Lisa Congdon Sessions on Apple Podcasts. And if you enjoy what you hear, leave me a review. You can follow me on social media at Lisa Congdon and at the Lisa Congdon Sessions. I hope you'll join me for future episodes. Have a magical day, everyone.